0: Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full service radio.
1: You're listening to the DC Public Library on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Lyon Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. This is an episode of Get Lit. I'm David Quick, your host, here with my colleague, Asia Clark. Today we are talking about the Library's Summer Challenge Program, some recent author talks, and the recent ALA conference. Hi, Asia. Hi. Hi. So Asia and I uh, only found out yesterday we were going to talk about be on the show today. So I today's, today's format is going to be kind of a, a potpourri kind of a a midsummer roundup of topics, because we're halfway through the summer, and Mm -hmm. Summer Challenge is one of our big programs, so we're going to talk about that, Mm -hmm. and some exciting author events that we had recently, and uh, maybe answer some questions that our favorite colleagues sent to us, Um, so hopefully we'll have a a good conversation, you and I always have a good time talking to each other.
0: (laughs) So that's how everyone should think of it, they're just, you know, witness to our conversations. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: So let's start by talking about Summer Challenge, which is our our summer reading program. This is the second year that we've embraced it as Summer Challenge, and that's uh, one of your main projects in your work. Um, So talk about what we're up to this summer.
0: Yes, this summer has been really, really busy. Took a different role this year, um, last year, because we rebranded. It was different, um, and so we have this... uh, great launch of the term summer challenge and read 20, reading 20 minutes every day. But this year it was easier because that stayed the same. Mm -hmm. And so our efforts were in our programming. So this year we were able to have this great kickoff event at Martha's table. I want to shout out to all of our partners there because they're just great people. Charlie, Charlie, and Erica, um, we had this great event where the kids came out. We had the Cool Lots, which is this really cool funk band of yes. all girls mm-hmm. um, that just rocked out. And we had the the, the hip hop orchestra also rock out. It was a beautiful day. Um, and we signed some kids up in, you know, Ward 8. We love to go out there. And we also had a kickoff event at uh, Paul Lawrence Dunbar High School. hmm which was great with Jacqueline Woodson. And that was really what the change where we always have our DC Reads event, which is really something that transitions into summer challenge. And so that's what our focus is. We want to really provide some great experiences moving forward now that we've rebranded the program Mm -hmm. for anyone that's participating. And we know that, you know, you can be just born or age 99 to sign up. And so that's what we've been focusing on, making sure that we have these great programs for all the age groups represented in this beautiful city of D.C. Yes. Yeah. So.
1: And our uh, the main uh, activity for uh, participants from day to day is mm-hmm. to do to read 20 minutes. Read that's 20. What? That's our hashtag. Yes. Look for that on you know your social media platform of choice.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: um, say more about Read 20. What, what's that about?
0: So Read 20. We want to encourage reading. I think that's the best way to get the reluctant reader, Mm -hmm. but also to transition that person who actually wants to read, but just really feels like they don't have the time. Um, Just on a personal um, antidote, it was a good way for me even last year to kind of get back into my recreational reading because Mm -hmm. being a former English teacher, I read all the time, but it wasn't necessarily for recreation, but (laughs) I would personally choose books for my kids to read that I knew that I really wanted to read, so I was always reading. But then you get away from it, right? Yeah. So it was a good way for me to challenge myself, to say, you know what, in the morning when I'm on the train, um, I'm going to read 20 minutes, and on my way home, I'm going to read 20 minutes. So it ended up being more than 20 minutes. I re- engaged a gentleman um, while shopping. He was the manager of the store. We just started talking. He asked me, where do you work? I told him. I explained to him what I did. And it was nice because... He went into his little personal journal mm-hmm. and took out our postcard and he said, I thank you for this because it was a reminder for me. And I started to read 20 minutes and I took out the newspaper and just started you know, reading the newspaper. And that's the thing. It's so easy. It doesn't have to necessarily be a book. Right. Um, it can be a magazine. It can be a newspaper. It can be a blog. It's a great way to engage our young people who don't love reading, but we can kind of give them a snippet of something that might interest them. right? And then transition. You know, we definitely at the library love to encourage people to come to our different events that, yes, of course, are literacy-based, but, you know, it's not knocking you over the head with reading, but we have some fun things and cool learning experiences, and they count, too. Right. You know, so um, that's the major focus. And like I said before, you know, we've put a lot of focus this year in um, our different programs, especially what speaks to me, our kids programming. We have a great experience with um, science in the summer. They can come and do some great science experiments and um, have face time with uh, scientists, chemists and things like that. And, of course, there's reading involved in that, you know, but right. it counts as the program. And they can win these cool prizes. They had some good books this um, month. Uh, I'm sorry, June, July, Starting on Saturday You can get a Nats ticket Yes Two tickets Go with the family Mom and dad can participate And before you know it You have six tickets You can take the neighbor's kids Yep Maybe you might want to Not take the neighbor's (laughs) kids But (laughs) you get what I'm saying So
1: Take someone you want to sit next to Yeah Um, So
0: And we're really excited um, About August Because August A lot of time Was put into um, You know Talking with our partners In the city D.C., provides a lot of uh, different opportunities and so this upcoming um, August the kids will have an opportunity age 6 to 12 to win a dino experience and there's been a lot of buzz at the Smithsonian about the reopening of this exhibit and so they can have a behind the scenes experience with a paleontologist which I think it will be really cool for those that win that.
1: Right. At the, natu- uh, the Natural History Museum. Yes. Um, no, that's been a lot of fun and uh, our our uh, all right, colleague Carmen uh, asked us to talk about, you know, Ooh. what are the partnerships of, you know, we have these uh, world-class cultural institutions here in D.C. and mm-hmm. how, do, how do we partner with them? How do they uh, give us access to resources for our, our library customers and that, that's a good example of all kinds of interesting things that we've been doing with the Smithsonian and the, the Museum of American History invited us to come mm-hmm. bring, bring our memory lab to their America Now Hip Hop Day. Um,
0: and how did that go? What did you guys you do? You
1: know, it was a lot of fun. Um, we rode our book bike down there. Um, we've been having a lot of fun. We have a we have a bicycle that can kind of open up into a mini library, and we've been having fun taking that around the city. So keep an eye out for it. If you see this blue kind of ice cream truck-looking bicycle <laughs> yes. with our, our color and uh, logo on it, that's what it is. Um, Perfect description. And because, <clears throat> because they were focusing on hip-hop... Uh, we wanted to show people uh, the way that people used to make mixtapes, and so we brought this machine for uh, recording tracks off of CDs onto cassette tapes, which you and I are of the generation where we still remember doing that, but you know, most young people that walked up to it had never really seen a, a, yeah. an audio cassette tape before. I mean, even CDs are kind of not so much in their world anymore, so it was really interesting to show them how it worked, Uh they almost had the reaction that sometimes people in older generations who come into the library and maybe are learning about digital technology mm-hmm. and kind of are, are fascinated by it, they were kind of fascinated by this analog technology that no one uses anymore. That is So it was amazing. really interesting. You
0: um, know what you should have told them? The stories of how you would give your mixed tape to somebody you like.
1: <laughs> well no and that was the other fun part is that yeah. their parents oftentimes and i wish you know we'll hopefully we'll do this again but their parents or even like their grandparents yeah. would have stories about how they used to make mixtapes mm-hmm. they would kind of wait by the radio for that song to come yes. on and then record it and then transfer that to another cassette tape so there were all these good stories about like
0: yeah
1: how you curated that that collection of music that meant something that to you how you
0: texted back mm-hmm. in the day mm-hmm. through a mixtape
1: and you know it was uh <laughs> it was slow you couldn't mm-hmm. you couldn't just like drag some files onto a onto a, a media player you had to you had to do it all in real time so it was it was a different different way of interacting with music so that was a lot of fun um
0: that's nice and that's a good partnership that we have you know to carmen's question right the smithsonian um definitely you know of course there's a, a lot of divisions there you know sure. within but that's a, a great um, partnership that we have with them we also have the partnership where we go to the portrait gallery
1: yes tonight um, our colleague Carrie is going to be leading a discussion about Gwendolyn Brooks we choose one portrait in this case this this month it's actually a bust it's a sculpture it's the first time we're doing mm. a, a sculpture of uh, Gwendolyn Brooks and then she's going to mm, lead a nice. discussion of a biography of, of Gwendolyn Brooks so it's you get the museum uh, perspective and the kind of library perspective on one person's life. And that's been a really fun partnership. Yeah. And uh, next month, we're going to talk about Fab five, Fab five Freddy and read the book Can't Stop, Won't Stop. Mm-hmm. So it'll be this, um, you know, if you're curious about hip hop, um, it's going to be a good chance to yeah,
0: People in radio world can't see that I'm <coughs> mocking a break dance. <laughs> can't Stop, Won't Stop. No, I'm just fine. Yeah, um, that will be a good one.
1: And then one other one that I'll just mention is that we have a, uh, a long partnership this year with the Smithsonian Anacostia Community Museum, which yes. is the Smithsonian's museum that focuses on local D.C. culture and history. And they their, their current exhibit is called A Right to the City, and it's about neighborhood change in six dis- different neighborhoods. In four of our neighborhood libraries, we have satellite exhibits about these different stories of how communities in D.C. Mm-hmm. experience neighborhood change, organize themselves to resist um or influence the changes that were happening um you know both in southwest and brookland the way they dealt with um um freeways being built um you Mm -hmm. know eminent domain like uh just just really good history that a lot of people don't know about and um we're really lucky to have that that kind of again world-class museum content right in our neighborhood libraries yeah
0: and the last one i don't want them if they hear i don't want them (laughs) to think that i'm not shouting them out we do also partner with Horshorn. Yes. Um, they're great partners for the Summer Challenge Program. Um, our teen um, coordinator works very closely with them. We have a contest called Beyond the Books, and we do a showcase. And they have, I, I guess, the young people that they um, provide an opportunity for to showcase their creative um, bones. And they they partner with us at the showcase. And they it was really cool last year. They came out, and we had rappers. We had singers. They did, um, you know, a, a group routine that they have. They also use different um, technology uh, to, to make their music. It's, yep. a, it's a great program that they have. And so we're really happy to have them as a part of us and really look forward to always expanding those partnerships um, that we have here within the district.
1: For sure. Cool. And uh, just one last thing about Summer Challenge. Um, with that Read 20 piece, you know, my, my piece of the program is the adult stuff, which Um, Can't forget about the adults. Can't forget the adults. You know, it's uh, you know, I I definitely agree that you know the focus is on youth and families, Mm -hmm. but you know, we want adults. Can't
0: have families without adults. That's right. (laughs) Um,
1: And so, I've been trying to post once a week something from our online collection to kind of highlight that read twenty thing. So it's um, take twenty minutes to read an article from the historic blade. Uh, Take twenty minutes when it rained Mm -hmm. crazy last week. I posted something from our National Geographic collection about climate change so just um, we're really emphasizing just all those little ways that you can connect and do a little bit of reading but also highlights all the the cool collections we have online
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but in addition to that read 20 bit we also do super readers
0: yes Mm -hmm. super readers and so last year we took a break a little bit from super readers we we didn't bring super readers um, as a program for age group 6 to 12 Mm -hmm. um but this year, we brought it back. We have relaunched it. And so for all uh, children aged 6 to 12 who not only just read beyond the, the 20 minutes, it's really like, how many books do you read? Like, so the, our highest readers, they're counting their books, uh, and we um, use an online system. And so in using that online system, we will take the highest re, uh, book readers, and they get a special prize. And um, I think they actually, and I'm sorry, I do believe that's actually the Dino experience that they will win. Um, okay. But uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm scaling back. <coughs> we have a Super Reader luncheon and we will have, and it's confirmed, we will have uh, Meg Medina, who's a Newberry Award winner. Awesome. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. I had a little bit of a brain freeze <laughs> <laughs> with all of our raffles. But the Super Reader program is great because you're always going to have that person who's just like, you know, reading, 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 reading. You don't have to push them. Right. And it's, it's healthy competition. You know, uh, how can you tell somebody, don't <laughs> stop reading, right? So it's a, it's a great, um, you know, way to highlight those kids that are just, you know, en- engrossed in their books throughout the summer. But we also have a great program that we brought um, and adapted the Super Reader program for the teens. Mm-hmm. So teens never had a Super Reader um, event. And so this year... We have an event on August 9th, after hours, for teens to come and enjoy um, just something for them. It's teen appropriate. But those who read um, over the summer a certain amount, we're going to do a raffle and give them out prizes. but it's a it's a great event as Shaw, they can register online. Yes. and it's open and they can um, enjoy music. They're going to have like VIP type situations for those who read a lot.
1: Isn't it at Woodridge, actually?
0: Oh, thank you. Yes. All right. (laughs) Thank you. It is at Woodridge. I appreciate that. Um, And it's after hours. So we on Friday close at 530. Yes. So this will be an event. Um, We're opening the doors on a Friday just for teens, specifically for teens. And I think that's great because sometimes teens feel like they're forgotten. I think that's just the culture of being a teenager. But we are doing this specifically for them. And we want them to all come out and enjoy and participate. Mm-hmm. Now, the adults, um, you know, you don't have to really push it. To, we, You have a culture of super reader adults that really look forward to it. So, they do you know, not play. No, they do not. <laughs> they are serious about their super reader event. So, you know, what's going on with um, our adults this year is a little different. <clears throat> Just well, two, it's still,
1: it still will pick um, I think it'll be the top 20 probably uh, readers for the whole summer. People, the, literally the people who read the most books in the city over the summer and this is uh, in years past, these are folks who read kind of over 200 books over the summer um, which is...
0: Yes. That's phenomenal.
1: That's a lot. Um, and This year in the past, we've invited them to our Banned books week cocktail party. This year we're going to try something a little different. Um, speaking of Some of our favorite partnerships and friends of the library, we are going to have a cocktail party at The Reading Room, which is a fantastic uh, reading-inspired cocktail lounge at Petworth Citizen up on Upshire Street in Petworth Uh, on September 11th, uh, I think is going to be the date where we'll invite those folks to come have a literary-inspired cocktail made by Chantal Tseng, who's Mm -hmm. a great mixologist up there. Um, So I think it'll be a lot of fun
0: absolutely yes yeah can I crash can I come yes please okay (laughs) thanks
1: um so speaking of Meg Medina which is uh, you know a great author who's coming up Mm -hmm. we just I feel uh one of my favorite things about this job is that we get to host all these Mm
0: -hmm.
1: important uh writers who are writing great books and saying important things about what's going on in the world and we just uh we just had some great ones uh starting in may and june um mm-hmm. do you want to talk about one
0: yes so i was very excited it was my first event to plan with dc public library mm-hmm. um on this scale and so um we brought jacqueline woodson i mentioned to paul lawrence dunbar that was a great event to me because there were some aligned things as far as just histo- history um We had it at Paul Lawrence Dunbar High School, which in this city um, is a very well-known school. And it has uh, graduated um, some well-known, you know, uh, black people and just in general from this city. But overall, they have gone to influence, you know, our, you know, America and just in general the world, really. But um, that was nice. But it was also the 50th anniversary of the Coretta Scott King Award. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a great tie in. And Jacqueline Woodson is an award winner um, of the Coretta Scott King Award multiple times. It's just not once. I think she's won it three times or so. Maybe sounds right. Yeah, sounds right. Um, and so it was very nice and fitting to have it at Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Mm-hmm. And it was a great event. We've had on the show, the last time we were here, we had uh, Dr. Dana Williams from Howard University. Yep. And she was gracious enough to... Uh, Facilitate that conversation And it was just so natural She did a great job So shout out to our friend Dana Um, And It also was a great event I loved it because we had a lot of children Mm -hmm. In that attendance And they were so engaged And they really enjoyed speaking Um, I can call her Jackie Now I'm going to call her Jackie (laughs) (laughs) But you know She was gracious as well She loved the kids And that was a like you said, it was a nice experience because it's a perk of the job, right? You're sitting with, um, you don't really know, they are stars in our right because of the work that we do. But to see the kids that were just like, oh my goodness, this is our favorite author. And they had some really great questions. They, you know, for the people that we had in attendance, I think about 50% of the participant, you know, audience, excuse me, were children, And they had their books, and they were ready for them to be signed. And they were asking questions like, you know, how do you think of your characters? How do you, you know, go about writing? And those are actually questions that we as adults, we want to know, like, where did you come up with this? You know? Um, So it was nice to see it kind of across the board. Um, And, you know, we worked with um, our partner there with Politics and Pros. They were great, and they came in. um, And just really, it it was a good day. It was also coordinated, that was the weekend of ALA. Yes. Um, so we had some great participants that walked from the convention center that came in and joined the audience. And right. um, it was the kickoff to the summer, really. I think school had been out maybe about four or five days. Um, so we had parents that were really interested in bringing their children to something that they would appreciate. Um, and is still fresh off of them just being, you know, on, on their break. So I'm looking forward to other events like that. Sure. Um, it was nice to connect with Miss Woodson because um, she has a new book that is coming out in the fall. Um, and I was able to get an advanced release copy of that. And it's mm-hmm. at, um, yeah, you know, Red at the Bone. Um, and she signed it. So that's actually the book that I'm currently reading now. It's pretty good. I just just kind of cut my teeth on it uh-huh. um, while I was on vacation. And It's nice because she is one of those authors that, though she writes young adult books, adults enjoy her. Yes. Um, And so, Brown Girls Dreaming is a memoir, and it definitely speaks to that um, 12 year old girl or boy. Um, She also has Miracles um, Boys, that's a great book, Harbor Me. But as an adult, you can read it and get a different perspective. But this specific book, right at the bone, that um, Dana was able to touch base with and talk to her about, is, is an adult read. Yeah. Um, and it has adult themes, and already, you know, it's 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 a nice uh, book. It's kind of good. I know you're going to talk about Nafisa. Um, it's one of those books where you see where you're seeing. Mm-hmm. where as you're reading it, you can definitely see yourself in the characters depending on your background, like, oh, I understand how that feels. And the, mm-hmm. it's interesting to know that other people have that perception of themselves or have had that same experience. So.
1: Was the was the discussion um, with... Dana Williams, did they focus a lot on the new book or It was
0: 50/50. Okay. Um it was nice how Dana did it. Again, kudos to her because she didn't give away too much of the book, um especially because it's not released yet, but she did give a good synopsis. And so, um, you know, I can even share it really uh is about and it's a telltale, you know, in the sense of I think this goes in a lot of different weaves in and out of a lot of cultures where you have people from different backgrounds maybe somebody from the perception of the right side of the tracks Hmm. who falls for and gets with and develops a relationship with someone from the wrong side of the tracks and how that either can go right or wrong or what happens in between and it's interesting because I know so many of us either have had that type of relationship or maybe the result of that type of relationship and so it's like oh yeah I know how that goes and you know, the different experience that goes with it. And so Dana talked about that a little bit and gave just enough to order the palette of everybody there. Um and then I was I was fortunate enough to walk away with a copy of the book. So very yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. That's
1: definitely one of the nice parts of, of our work is that we get to have those interactions and mm-hmm. <clears throat> get to meet these people who are creating all this wonderful literature. Yeah. Um and we did for my you know, for my book club, uh I chose her book that was maybe two books ago another brooklyn
0: yeah that
1: was again one of her adult books she is one of those writers who's able to write for different age groups which yes. is uh, which is impressive not many people can do that um <clears throat> and that was that was a very memorable discussion in my book club like that i don't mm-hmm. know if you read that book but it's uh that
0: is that is not one of her books that i've read it is on my list though
1: yeah i mean it's it's very poetic and and very very mature writing. She really trusts mm-hmm. the reader to fill fill in the gaps without kind of laying out too much plot, and that was just interesting to, to listen to a bunch of mature readers engage that. Um, you know, it's a book about... There's a lot of sadness in the book, even though it's also this kind of book that makes you kind of love Brooklyn also. like She yeah. clearly like has this strong sense of place of where she came from, and that, that was really a, a beautiful part of that book as well. Nice. Absolutely. Well, um, Dana Williams has been very nice to the library Mm -hmm. um, this year, and shout out to our colleague Fran McCray at Northeast Library for helping to make that connection happen. And she uh, participated in a discussion back in May around our DC Reads book, Heads of the Colored People, when we had Nafisa Thompson Spires, who is new as a fiction writer, kind of established in her career as an academic, but now she's been writing fiction, and we we talked about that book already on the show, but uh, that was before Ms. Thompson Spires came and spoke, and we had an event with her at The Arc, which, again, is, has been nice to us. Great great venue for those who've never been The Arc. Um, mm-hmm.
0: So we're shouting out a lot of our different partners. Yeah. Thank you, Carmen, for that question, <laughs> just to highlight that. Yeah. But
1: uh, that was a really cool discussion, and um, I know... Um, I don't know. The one thing that stands out to me from that evening was listening to her read a couple of her own stories out loud, mm-hmm. particularly a very funny story that's just two letters between two moms, yes. um, and hearing her read out loud and kind of her sharing the pieces of her own life that really informed that story. Um, so that was that was a real pleasure to just hear her her do that. Um, yeah.
0: And that's you know. For a follow up for the audience, if you know they tuned in the last time we spoke about it with those letters. We kind of um, aligned ourselves, <laughs> and I, I I aligned myself as Team Monica. Team Monica. And a little antidote and information that we found out mm-hmm. with that story was that Monica was actually her mother, mm-hmm. which was really nice right. um, to find out. You know that there was a personal connection, definitely. Um, to that story for her yeah which I thought was cute and I I knew it I was like I I like your mom (laughs) love your mom (laughs) right right right. right.
1: Um, and I think one thing she shared uh, also that evening hopefully it's okay to say it I assume it is if she's saying it in public is that yeah we we
0: got some good dirt that day
1: that character Fatima who shows up in a lot of the stories I think uh, she plans her next work to be a novel about that character yes so Mm -hmm. that's clearly kind of her her central writing project right now seems kind of to connect with that character, so it'll be really interesting to hear more yeah. about Fatima.
0: I, I definitely agree. It, it was that that would definitely be one of the perks to doing these nice little events. We get these little nuggets mm-hmm. of what's to come, mm-hmm. you know, ahead of time, and that was nice. Everybody was responding to that very like yes, because right. they they love that character. Right. It was a lot to to grow from that character, right? So
1: and uh, the our friend who moderated that discussion um, Victoria Marie Bettine who works at Mosaic Theatre mm-hmm. which has done some good work for us and I knew, invited her to come uh, lead that conversation based on what I've seen her do around some of our, our theatre programming and um, that was really just a pleasure to kind of mm-hmm. like facilitate that connection and, and kind of listen to the two of them talk and hear Victoria kind of say what you just said like I felt very seen when mm-hmm. I was reading these stories, um, so um, yeah, that was really fun. But yeah.
0: uh, and you had another event this yeah, summer. Yeah, we
1: were both there um, during ALA. And ALA, for those who don't know, is the American Library Association. It's the big conference of all kinds of librarians, and they meet once a year in all yes. different places. This year, it was in DC, so mm-hmm. we we were kind of the host. Public library tried to make sure that all these visiting librarians got a good. June streams. was a busy month it was a busy month, it yeah. sure was um, and the National Book Foundation months back said we're going to be in town we want to do something as part of our Authors in Focus uh, series about James Baldwin we want to have a discussion of his literature and also watch this documentary that came out recently called I Am Not Your Negro let's do it I said great, let's do it they said we'll find a couple of authors to discuss it we'll, we'll figure that out later and I said okay great and then when it finally came time to it, it was Jason Reynolds and E.B. boy who, uh, who are a big deal. Quite honestly, yeah. they, are, they are a big deal. Um, and so to have the two of them talking about James Baldwin at our Anacostia Neighborhood Library, facilitated by um, Hannah Oliver-Depp, who's the owner of Loyalty Books, uh, was just really nice that, that the National Book Foundation like, came to us and made that happen. Um, what did you think about that discussion? What do you remember?
0: Well... That was a great day. I yeah. would just will say, you know, just to be, I know that sounds, it's a very trite and s- simplistic way to put it, but it was a great experience because number one, um, everybody knows at um, the library, Jason Reynolds is one of my favorites. I, you know, definitely <laughs> admire Jason Reynolds and um, adore his work. And on top of it, I wasn't very familiar with um, E.B. a boy, So that was a double treat because you, I was pleasantly surprised With her honesty, one thing that I want to share about that, you had two ends of the spectrum. So Jason Reynolds was so very knowledgeable Mm -hmm. of um, James Baldwin and brought to the table all of these like little details. It's almost like he's a James Baldwin scholar, Mm -hmm. I want to call him. And E.B. Zaboy was just very honest and said, you know, I never really read that much from him. and. You know this is my take on him, but yet was still very much a part of the conversation from a different perspective of a woman yeah. who you know w- wants to just engross herself in um, you know writers of color and had this time period of you know i don't i don 't want the norm, I want those hard to find books to come to find out that there were so many things that she didn 't realize about um, James Baldwin so right. it was nice to have hear that conversation. Open, honest, um, frank, small, intimate setting, but yet a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, we packed um, pack the joint. Definitely, <laughs> yes, packed out, standing room only. So that was a great um, event, I thought, and I mean, it was so great. They went over, you know, yeah. um, and we just had to let it go because. Yeah how did it's like a concert you go to a prince concert and it's like he just is in a, a groove how, how would you <laughs> cut that off right so we just like listen how often when, when are we going to see this again right um so just let them talk so it was it was good job yeah. good good oh, job thank David. you yeah. i mean it,
1: it, it really helps when uh partner organizations with a lot of resources if they kind of do a lot of the heavy lifting that really makes it easy um and i was really glad to kind of have it in a Kossy neighborhood library, like, it's one of my goals to kind of have those those yes. high profile literary events all over the city, but especially in the branches in ward seven and eight where, where, you know, Absolutely. there's, there's less of that. And so I think the library, you know, that's, we need to, we need to put our money where our mouth is and have those events in that, in that part of yeah. town. And it
0: was really nice because they were so appreciative. They kept, you know, multiple times people were like, thank you for bringing this over here. Right. Um, this is great, you know, because, uh, You know, travel wise, and just you know, being inclusive and um, providing that diverse uh, diversity for everybody is great. Great opportunity taken there, yeah.
1: And I agree with you that um, I appreciated that. You know, the it was a it was a great conversation about James Baldwin, but it was also complicated and complex. And like they had different points of view, and um, I don't know if you remember that Eve's the boy when she. Was sharing what you just talked about where she said, you know, James Baldwin isn't, he's not like the, the main writer in my kind of collection of writers. Yes. Do you remember who she did say was though?
0: Oh, wow. Wait a minute. Put me on the spot. I cannot remember. No,
1: it was, it was Zora Neale Hurston. Oh yes. Yes. So, uh,
0: yeah. Zora Neale Hurston. And you know what? I, I felt her on that mm-hmm. because, um, you know, so background for me, I minored in African-American literature. Mm-hmm. And so she and I, I shared with her, she and I are the same age, came kind of with the same canon. We did not go to a HBCU. We went to a PWI. I went to Rutgers University. She's from New Jersey. So we had that con- that that connection. And so we had to dig, mm-hmm. right? And so we came up in the time when Alice Walker was starting to take it on her own to bring Zora no. Hurston back to light because she was forgotten about for so years, so many years. And so her short stories and her other works, like Sweat and stuff like that, you know, I, I definitely connected with her because when I found Zora Neale Hurston, I felt the same way Jane, um, Jason Reynolds did when he found James Baldwin. Mm-hmm. I was like, who is she? Who is this woman? Where does she come from? And everything that I can put her my hands on that she had a hand in, I wanted to get a copy of. Right. And so, you know, at home, I have quite a few things that you know anything that I could for her like even pdi I have pdf short stories from Zora Neale Hurston so I understood right. that for her um, but that was into her to EB's credit which I liked it was years ago right so now you grow you change your perspective changes because we've lived And so we look at James Baldwin very differently Mm -hmm. and understand really what the title was of that, I think somebody shouted it out at the library, I am not your Negro, and he said that so long ago. Mm -hmm. And we see that differently now, almost 20 years later, of how important he really is. You know, it's really really nice. Um, I also liked a highlight, um, because we talked about Jacqueline Woodson being able to write for young people and old people. Jason Reynolds shared how he had a children's book.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And a lot of people did not know that James Baldwin had a children's book. Oh, right. Yeah. And there was a little chuckle behind that, behind that, excuse me, because, you know, James Baldwin's a, a meaty writer. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of dense. It was a know? long, <laughs>
1: it was a long children's book. It was a long book. a picture book. A long picture book. Yeah, it was a
0: long picture book. And I thought that was interesting. So now I'm like, where's this book? I need to see it. I want to see it. You know, um, but to your point, like some people just they don't transition back and forth very well. So I wanna see for myself what that looks like for right. James Baldwin, what his view on being a child is. Right. right. Um, <laughs> and what a child should be reading. Right.
1: <laughs> and it's nice you know, it's it's nice thinking about uh when you and I have come and done this show, like we also did a whole show about if Beale Street could talk talked about James yes. Baldwin. So it's um mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's been a nice it's been a nice year of reading good writing and then talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: So, just as an aside to that, like as we like we mentioned, we are midway through um, summer challenge and we want to like you know any program look to the future. You know, what will twenty twenty bring in twenty twenty one? Who would be on your list? Like, if you had to name two authors that you would want to bring to the library, maybe to chit chat and have a conversation with.
1: Well, um, I will say, and I'll say one thing before that, um, I am not your Negro. I'll just do a shout out to our online movie database, Canopy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to dclibrary.org slash Canopy with a K, uh, you can watch that movie for free nice. at home with your library card. Um, in terms of authors who um, I'm interested in, you know, my book that I just finished is uh, also a book that has not come out yet. And that's one of the fun parts of the ALA conferences that publishers bring. Mm-hmm lots of uh, preview copies of books, and um, Carmen Maria Machado, who um, is a queer Latinx uh, fiction writer, she wrote a book of short stories a couple years ago called Her Body and Other Stories. Her new book is actually a memoir, um, and kind of about an an abusive relationship that she was part of, so it's very serious subject matter, um, but very important and extremely well-written. Uh, I would say that in DC Reads, uh, my hope is uh, that at some point soon we'll have a Latinx author because we haven't had Mm -hmm. one yet. And certainly, you know, DC has a really rich um, Latinx community. And so I want to pick a piece of writing that will connect and reflect that. Um, So I hope we'll do something with her. Her writing is... um, is sh- the subject matters tend to be rather rather grave, and mm-hmm. so I don't know if it's quite the right match for a citywide read. Yeah, but she's certainly someone I know um, is is kind of hot in the literary scene, and um, I'm hoping somehow we can we can bring her here um, yeah. to discuss both her fiction and her memoir. How about you?
0: Um. So I have maybe three. Okay, but. <laughs> So I would love to, and she's local, so it might be able, it might be something we could to, could do. We might be able to get her. Elizabeth mm-hmm. Um I know she's been around the city, but I would really like to do something with her a little bit different um, than the author, the, the regular norm of an author talk. I don't know what that looks like. Maybe a workshop or something um, because she's so team focused. I would love to just chit chat with her because she um, used to be a teacher a long time ago when I was a teacher before I moved to D.C., we have a um, mutual friend. He was a colleague of mine and she was a budding poet. And I do believe she was still in the classroom, but she came and she did a poetry workshop for our kids. I did an open mic and she came. And so knowing that, I wonder what that would look like. So that's my wish list. That's my big wish list, right? Great. I also um, think it would be nice to, I've been really into mental health overall. It doesn't matter who you are. I think mental health is very important. Right. Um, I think that mental health is also very important for uh, men. Like there's yes. this big push, you know, for men to uh, just being kind of be in tune mm-hmm. and You know, those norms, kind of let those norms go with masculinity, about being more tender and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so with that being said, I have on my wish list Mitchell Jackson. Okay. And so he definitely is a part of that movement. uh, And he has, you know, he talks about... um, I have read some essays from him, but he has a new book that just came out. But he definitely is on my radar. And I think I would like to have an event with him because he definitely puts a perspective on mental health and brown men, you know, in that taboo conversation. So I think he would be cool Um, to do an event with. But I'm putting that as um, a plug with you because he's an adult writer. And so, you know, of course, I deal more so with children. So I'm trying to bully you on (laughs) the radio so everybody hears.
1: (laughs) I hear you. And it's funny, um, Mitchell Jackson, I don't know much about him except I was... Uh, picked up a copy of Time Magazine recently. And he uh, interviewed Colson Whitehead, who's also kind of uh, about as as big as they get. We're we're talking about all these cool Pulitzer Prize winners. um, Yeah. Whose new book, Nickel Boys, just came out or is about to come out. And um, I read that in preview. But... um,
0: He was um, in the New York Times not too long ago. They did a really... Nice piece on basically, you know, black men, men writers that you don't know but you should know. Basically about he, Mitchell Jackson. Mitchell, Mitchell Jackson. He okay. was a part of. Um, he he was a part of that group and uh, his book, more more recent book, Survival Math. I would recommend that you pick that up when you get it. Okay. If you if you see it, you Very know, nice. if you have a chance. Yeah.
1: But I would say that um, that came across in that piece that he wrote about Colson Whitehead you know, oh. he kind of describes Sorry, their no 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 um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's always funny when fun when the universe <laughs> kind of reminds you about certain people in, um, like this but um, his description of his interaction with Whitehead kind of meeting up for the interview I would say kind of you kind of you could see that he cared about that kind of thing like how two, mm-hmm. two black men interact with each other like it was very much focused on kind of connection and respect and support and being friendly with each other. And he kind of jokes about like... You know, they kind of would... At the same things in New York, like the same um, literary events, but they didn't yeah. really know each other well enough to kind of like to speak speak or yeah. even do the nod. Like, you talk about doing the, <laughs> the nod. nod. Um, <laughs> yes.
0: So, anyway, um, I
1: think what you're talking about with his writing definitely came through with that. And so, um, I'm curious to read more, definitely.
0: Yeah. Oh, look at me. Mm-hmm. I'm recommending things to the librarian. Oh. Um,
1: so, anyway, <laughs> we're getting towards the end. Let me see if any of our colleagues sent interesting questions. Um, Nick asked if he could have a raise. Nick, I'll put. In a good word for you um <laughs> Tyler I asked him he's our data guy I said send us some interesting statistics and he reminded uh, that among our summer programs um summer meals is a big thing that we do at the library where yeah absolutely 10 or 11 of our locations yes Young people can come get a free a free lunch um, every day.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, um, you know, we should shout out our colleague Stacy. Stacy works really hard on that program. Our volunteer coordinator. And, mm-hmm. yes, she gets some great people to, um, you know, direct that program and facilitate it. She takes great care in that. And though there are other sites across the city, I think overall it's a great program. But for the library, it's kind of unique because, you know, in coordination with the free meals, there's always something to do at the library. So why not come to the library, enjoy story time, get a free meal, um, stay for a program after. Absolutely. You know, and check out a book, yep. use some of our digital services. It's, it's yeah. a great program. And we, we do serve a nice amount of children during the summer for with that mm-hmm. and
1: i was at i was at our petworth branch recently doing working on something else but i was in our, the meeting room as the the young folks were coming in to get their meals and you can just tell that there's like a you know there's just a nice social moment that happens you know like kids just come in and are doing their their kids summertime thing and, um, mm-hmm. and i like that um Uh, Nick also just reminded me that uh, we have a new program that's about to start. Um, We're calling it our Express Books, where we're trying to be a little more intentional about the fact that uh, people in different parts of the city uh, kind of put books on hold in ways that other parts of the city don't. So that some branches will get new books. That arrive at the branch and then immediately leave because someone in another part of the city has put them on hold. Exactly. And there's kind of, um, I think there's issues of equity yes. and kind of. It's a is um, disparity
0: issue there. Kind of yeah. comfort with
1: the technology be- be- behind holds that is behind that. So at eight of our branches, and I wish I remembered what they were. Um, a lot of new fiction titles, new kind of popular titles, will you not be holdable. Like, mm-hmm. you can only go get them at that branch. So they'll, they'll be on display and people can browse and find them and... Um, I th- that's a good thing. It's going to be interesting. It's it's yes. something that a lot of library systems already do. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes here. Yes. Good job, um,
0: DCPL. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And that reminds me of, you know, you were asking me earlier and I'll, we can wrap up with your answer to this question of like, what, it, what are, you know, what are the things that we do that people might not know that we do in our roles and that we love. And, um, you know, in, in addition to all these partnerships, you know, those are great. And those are lots of yeah. fun. And I get to work on important, like adult services, like, job seekers and stuff for seniors, age-friendly DC. Um, but once some, there's also a lot of quirky stuff that we get to do. So there's a resource out there called Books for DC, which is this plugin that you can put into your browser. And if you are on a website like Goodreads or Amazon, if you have this plugged in, it will tell you if the book that you're looking at is in the library. It will oh. just automatically pop up this window and say, oh, that book, there's eight copies on the shelf and there's a couple of digital copies and if we don't have it you can click this button and it'll automatically fill out our request form and so um this uh it's fun to just meet all the smart people that live in dc shout out to this guy emmanuel feld he built it on his own because he's he's just one of those those um tech savvy coding people who like thinks about stuff like that and um he built it and so he and i've had some conversations he's talked to a bunch of us about just ways to promote it you know just have it be a resource for, for DCPL um, it's a really fun Twitter feed too so if you're if, you're, if you like kind of book book Twitter um, look for books nice. for DC so um, that's been a that's been a fun little fun little piece of my my work plan these days yeah, how about you so.
0: um, for me so I also manage books from birth um, and I know I haven't mentioned that before so uh, that's a great program I give out books to a lot of agencies <laughs> in need, and yeah. I think that's really great. So, what it has, uh, you know, done for me, what they—I don't think people realize—is that I've made some really great relationships doing that. Right. So, you know, there are like daycares that may want the books for their classrooms, which is nice, and so I may meet like you know my a, a mom who has opened up her house. Um, To take care of a certain amount of kids She has a program and she might be working with our office Of state superintendent to have like 12 kids But I'm also able To um, you know work with Other organizations um, That just recently I was approached by An organization that basically puts together Birthday parties for children that are in foster care System Mm. so I was like oh that's Really nice that's sweet you know because Their life is a little bit Unstable for whatever reason and that's not Their fault and so you know, the, their personal, you know, thought process is, let's provide you some type of normalcy. Yeah. And, um, you know, even if it's not a birthday party, they'll try and throw a party for a child. And I think it's nice. And, of course, you know, they were talking, they were like, it would really be nice to have some books. And there's a... Well, perfect. you said nothing but a word. Like, <laughs> here you go. You know, these are children that would receive them anyway. Yeah. Um, and they are the perfect demographic because they because of their unstable living situation, they may not have an address to get the book and to be a part of the program. Right. So it's perfect. So those are just some things that I kind of do in the background that I don't think a lot of people, they just think of the program like, oh, you give out books. And then if somebody calls you, you give them the book that's replaced. Right. But I also do a lot of work on the low to try and find out those organizations where I can redistribute the books in a you know unique way, sort of. Very nice. Yeah. So. All
1: right. Any other? Uh, we've we've run the gamut of we topics. We sure did. did you, is yeah. there anything else you wanted to say before we wrap up?
0: Before we wrap up, no. Just happy reading. You know, continue to read through August and be a part right. of our raffles. And you can still sign up. You yes, you can still sign, sign up. up
1: until Basically, the end of August. Yeah. You can still and we have up. a lot
0: of games that go into the end of the season for the Nats tickets. So, right. if you, you know, when the tickets this month, you can go in August and in the early part of September. And be adults, be sure to participate so you can come to our cocktail party.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's going to be fun,
0: especially if I'm coming here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hopefully, we'll find out soon from Chantal what book she chooses to. uh to base her cocktails on she you know she chooses a book and then she makes cocktails based oh, on nice. the book um, yeah I'm looking forward to it. she that. did that for Heads of the Color People which was really fun and mm-hmm. really nice to show Nafisa Thompson Spires like
0: yes
1: here's a menu of cocktails based give on these give her a these.
0: clue to do something old-fashioned adjacent
1: okay <laughs> Chantal if you're listening a request for a variation on an old-fashioned yes, for Asia that's my um, favorite that mm. sounds great yeah um okay and so uh let's wrap up uh this has been an episode of DC Public Library on Full Service Radio. Visit dclibrary.org, especially dclibrary.org slash summerchallenge for more information and send us your feedback to at DCPL on Twitter and at DC Public Library on Instagram. Thanks for your listening and have a good afternoon. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C.